Warning! This episode contains foul language, stories of murder and suicide, and icky but somehow nice feelings. for all things strange, unusual, haunted, abandoned, spooky, unsettling, dusty, musty, crusty, and everything in between. Each week we sit down together from across the country and we talk about something weird. Weird. And this week we are continuing our discussion of very unusual, unexpected, haunted locations. Ashley kicked us off last week talking about some very fascinating Made to be haunted rooms. DIY. (laughs) Um, Yeah, DIY haunted rooms (laughs) causing very disturbing feelings. And this week we are going to throw in some liminal spaces and some very random and unexpected haunted spots your way. Would you ever think the local grocery store could be haunted? Well, you're dead wrong if you said no. Let's go visit some surprising, spooky spaces. Say that ten times fast. My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Surprising, spooky Hello. spaces. Surprising, spooky space. I <laughs> I wasn't even trying <laughs> to be funny. I actually messed that up. Surprising, spooky spaces. Surprising, spooky spaces. Surprising, spooky spaces. Okay, well, we can't all be amazing Well, listen, speech, here's you the are, thing. Ashley. I was listen. like... I was stoic when I was saying that. I had no fun whatsoever. I was staring at a singular point on the wall, and I was concentrating with all my might in the whole world. And that is the way to say it. Welcome back to Surprising Spooky Spaces, everyone. (laughs) Welcome. We're talking about haunted stuff. Uh, Yay. Weirdly haunted stuff. We love the haunts. I do. And I, you know, a lot of the time, not a lot of the time, but I feel like especially in the later seasons, if we're not doing a hometown haunts and we're not doing a listener ghost stories episode, we don't really get to talk about hauntings that much. I know. And, and then I we could have be so wrong, much fun really when we're doing like it. We, I know. I love, lis- I like make a mental note of all of these locations in my brain. And I'm like, someday, 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 someday. I know. I will travel and I will see them. Especially, well, I'm just so excited that we keep finding ones that are close to us. I know. <laughs> I say close to us, but central Illinois, where close my family lives and now Ashley lives. I'm like, we are going to go to these spots. These, this is realistic. move here. What's holding you back? I know. Honestly, I'm getting closer to every day. It's, I, I can't do the prices out here in California anymore, even though I'm looking out right now and it's like the most beautiful day I've ever seen. But you said it was stunning in Champagne. 70 so. degrees today. Here's the thing. I truly did not realize how much I missed weather. Like seasons. Literally when I was like, what am I going to miss about LA? The weather. I have not missed it once. I love weather, like changing Good. weather and like having a nice day after you've had like a rainy few days or a snowstorm right. or whatever. It's like, oh, you feel you feel almost like rejuvenated by it. 
and maybe that'll fade maybe that's like a new thing but you really do like when you can open the windows after a couple days of crummy weather it feels like oh it feels like you're a new person See, it's funny. I don't think that fades. I think that is living in the Midwest at its finest. (laughs) And I say that because that is like, I remember having that experience when I lived there long ago. But also like my sister, I talk to my sister every day and that is always her attitude. If it's snowy, if it's cold, I'm hearing like the winter, like sad Julia, like a shout out to her. I know she's listening to this, but she would agree. She's like, it's horrible out today. It's cold. I hate everything. Goodbye. But then if you go through that and suddenly you get a beautiful day where you can open the windows, she's like, I'm in a tank top. I'm sitting on my patio. I have a beer. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm like you. I I think that stays with you always. I feel like I get outside more in the Midwest for some yes, reason. because you appreciate it more. Yeah. In, in California, LA, you're like, like, it's always beautiful. I don't nice. care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yes, that's not a bad thing. Like, shout out to California. You're lovely. But it's like you t- you take it for granted because they're like, well, it's always beautiful. So yeah. it's okay if I'm sitting inside. I think you do appreciate it more when you have some seasons, when you have to go through some things. Um, everyone should follow us on social media. Our handle is at Keep It Weirdcast. Uh, specifically on Instagram, you know how we feel about Twitter. It's just not going to happen. Just, it's, it's not in the cards for us. <laughs> Stop trying to make Twitter happen. It's not going to happen for us. We've tried it so many fucking times. Lord, yes, we have. It'll be like four times a year I'll tweet like, we're back on Twitter. <laughs> And I love when I see it happen. I'm like, look at Ashley go. And look then at her. she's doing we such go, a good job. We go silent again. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't blame her because I don't understand Twitter. I don't. The reason that I say that is because we're starting a couple new things this season. Uh, we have been doing since November. We've been doing Witchy Wednesdays. And they fucking rule. Um, Lucky. Lucky. That's her Instagram. Lucky LaRue. <laughs> Laura LaRue, like, yeah, her name's Lucky, who um, has been on the show before. She did our reincarnation episode, and just recently she came on for a witchcraft episode, is a green witch. She basically, um, we post them, but she makes the posts for Witchy Wednesdays, and she teaches spells. She teaches different... Uh, this week she baked a cake and it was awesome and she told you what all the ingredients meant and you know what the cake was for it's a cake for spring equinox and it was awesome so it was witchy so wednesdays cool. rule we're so thankful for laura and she oh, makes yeah. witchcraft accessible because i do think there sure. is still the like not for most of our listeners i'm like if you're a listener of the show i think you're very into the witchy things but i'm there's a few people who you know there's a stigma and it like they're a little scared of it and it's like laura shows you that it's it can just be a part of your everyday life yeah. and it's easy and that it is a part of your everyday life it's just yes. a matter of putting intention behind what you're doing Right. Uh, in order to make it more meaningful, pretty much. Totally. Putting an intention behind the bath you take or the cake that you bake. Oh, that rhymes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is witchcraft. So, but I'm also working on trying to put together Medium Mondays with Amy Goldenberg. I'm hoping to get that started. She's such a busy girl, though. It might just be like she is the first Monday of the month, but still. 
Even if she was once a month, it would change everybody's life because she's so phenomenal. So, And I'm also working on getting together Tarot Tuesdays where we have a tarot card reader who I follow and love, um, Busy Bee Coven Tarot, I think is her. Yes. I probably got that wrong. But correct. She has the funniest tarot deck and she's just she's really great i i love her sense of humor and i love her posts and she's going to start um constructing some tuesday tarot posts for us so yeah follow us on social media we got um a couple different creators working with us um to make content for you guys and i think it's going to be pretty fun this season (laughs) i'm so sorry i couldn't hold it back i tried and i couldn't (laughs) and it was i know (laughs) Yes, I agree. Social media. <laughs> That's what that sneeze meant. Let's go. That's what it meant. Um, also, can yeah. I give some shout outs real quick? Let's do it. Real quick, guys. I know we're at um, minute nine. So while we were on a hiatus, we had quite a few people join our Patreon, and I just want to give them a quick thank you. So thank you so much to Jenny Frisk, Jacqueline Guzone, Christina Carlson, Emma Santora, Anna Marie McGinley Hunsley. Yes, that is one name. Beautiful name. Courtney Harp, Krista Graham, Luke Carroll, Charlie West, Viarella, aka Lily, Rachel Jaworski, and just in case we missed you in November, because I honestly can't for the life of me remember if we got shout outs in at the end there. But um thank you again, or for the first time, Courtney Cloud and Natalie Carr. Uh, amazing 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 thank you so much for donating to our show and making this possible i know we lost a lot of you too over the holiday season because who has extra cash lying around in december has the money we don't blame you one (laughs) bit but i hope that you'll make your way back to us someday and just a reminder, the way that we make money off of this podcast is through our Patreon and obviously ads, but honestly, ads do not pay what you think they do. So yep. please consider donating to our show at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. And to everyone who has donated in the past or is currently donating, thank you so much. We love you. Yay. I told you it'd be fast. I told you it'd be so fast. I know. You really, like, you got it in there. It was quick. You didn't take away from the show. I think the magic is still there. Magic's still Everyone's still with us. us. Yes. Okay. okay. I know that I'm going to get into a bunch of weird-ass stuff in just a little bit, but what are you bringing today? Tell Girl, us, please. I'm talking about liminal spaces today, and <laughs> the- <laughs> This is a topic that we've had requested multiple times. Yes. And I'm not even going to fib. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really know much about it or like why it was all of a sudden being talked about in the paranormal community. Like I, you know, before my research, I kind of knew what a liminal space was. I saw photos of like an empty office or a hallway or whatever with a caption that said like liminal space. And I was like, sure, it's eerie. I get it. Sure, why not? Yeah. Let's do it. It's liminal. Which it's totally fair because, yeah, if it's like if you're just going on like the direct definition, you could be like, okay, it's a hallway. hallway? Like, what do you what do you want from me? But man, it can get spooky. It can. And I actually found out I love liminal spaces. And of course (laughs) I do. (laughs) It's not a surprise. A liminal space is a location that is a transition between other locations or states of being. 
Now, the thing about liminal spaces is that, yes, oftentimes they are empty spaces that maybe should be filled, like a mall after closing time or a school hallway after hours. What makes it a liminal space isn't just that it's empty, but that it's simultaneously unsettling and also conjures feelings of familiarity. What? Like, why? But it does. It does. And it's a very strange crosshair between nostalgia and being creeped out, which Mm -hmm. if you are raised like I was, being creeped out in and of itself brings on a lot of nostalgia because I was a weird, creepy kid. And, you know, it brings me back. Now, the reason I was like, why the hell is the paranormal community all of the sudden talking about liminal spaces? Like, why did it fall into our world? It's not a term I had ever heard before. But that answer was really easy to find because we didn't really have a name for the phenomenon until May 12, 2019, when... Hey, brand an, new. Hey, brand new. An anonymous 4chan user, which like 4chan is... I, you know it, what? It has its issues. It's got its but issues, we're gonna, but we're going to forgive it for this. Just for one this thing. moment. An anonymous right. 4chan user posted in a paranormal chat asking for disquieting images that just feel off. And of course, some people posted like really creepy haunted ass photos, but others posted mundane photos like the dark school hallway after hours and the empty. (laughs) Yeah. The empty hotel pool area, a playground (laughs) at night. And people were like, huh, why do I find (laughs) these images appealing? And also, I hate them. I have actual goosebumps on my arm from you saying the school hallway after dark, and maybe I need to explore that in therapy, but that's the one that gets me the most. (laughs) Yeah, I actually have goosebumps too. It's fucking creepy. (laughs) But thus, the idea of a liminal space was born. Um, In the context of the spooky, because liminal spaces got their name from literal liminality. Liminality in architecture, for example, is literally the physical spaces between one destination and the next. So yes, hallways, airports, streets, etc. Ooh, abandoned airport. (laughs) No thanks. (laughs) I don't want it. Even a liminal space in terms of dimensions can be, you know, a crossroads or like a borderland type situation like the border between two states can technically be a liminal space when you're talking in terms of dimensions but Mm -hmm. you can even look at liminality in religious or mythological terms and when you do that you get places like purgatory so Mm -hmm. it's not hard to make the connection here and why we gave these strange places this specific terminology liminal spaces before they had that name have been a staple of the horror community for decades. And one of the best liminal moments in classic horror is absolutely The Shining. Oh, hell yeah. That empty hotel. Yeah. Almost the entire movie takes place in a liminal space. The fact that this hotel is empty for the winter, a place that should be full of people, and it's eerily not. And Stanley Kubrick really knew how to play with this idea of space because... The Overlook Hotel is not a crumbling, spooky mansion. It's a well-kept hotel. Right. Um, it's I mean, a nice have place. weddings there. <laughs> We've yeah. talked about that. To this day. We had yeah. a listener ghost story written in about the, um, yes. the Stanley Hotel. But I actually always compare this to uh, the remake of The Haunting, uh, the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Owen Wilson, yes. because that house was ridiculous. 
Like, <laughs> of course you'd get creeped out there with all the baby heads carved in the walls yeah. and, like, that weird carousel room. You made and... it too obvious. Yeah. You went over the top. We the didn't the it. biggest yeah. painting of the scariest Hugh Crane in history. <laughs> Honestly, it's lazy, I think. It is. Like, that's too obvious of creeps, I yeah. think. It, like, the unsettling views of empty hotel mm-hmm. hallways, the subtlety that The Shining used yeah. was what made it beautiful. We don't need baby heads. Well, and what Stanley Kubrick did was he would narrow and lengthen the hallways just so they were just a little bit off so that you'd look at them and be like, hmm. He made some colors in the hotel overly bright, and then he would mute other colors in the hotel. And he also designed the hallways to turn in shapes that didn't make any sense if you were to map it out. Like, especially when um, Danny's riding his little tricycle thing all around. The way, like, the turns that he's doing, if you actually were to map it out, make no sense whatsoever in a space. Oh, And Stanley Kubrick used extended tracking shots at several points in the movie to help the viewer understand the dimensions and the structure of the hotel. But then he would throw in things like a window facing a sunny day, but it should absolutely have just been facing a blank wall or a dark hallway. And he did this on purpose. They're all things that you don't really notice unless you're looking for them. But subconsciously, if you're paying enough attention to the movie, you start to feel unsettled by them. Right. Man, that's so genius. It's brilliant. I can't. Okay, now I feel like I have to watch The Shining tonight and watch for those things. (laughs) Yeah, rewatch it. It's wild. But experiencing a liminal space in real life almost feels dreamlike and Mm -hmm. can actually make you feel like you're experiencing an alternate reality. Because it's a sensation of unease, but not accompanied by danger. So, like, if you're uneasy because there's a shady character in an empty parking lot or you're walking by yourself next to a cemetery, that's a different feeling of unease. Right. This one's more so like the feeling I I came up with the scenario in my head of a time that I felt a liminal space and maybe you've experienced it before too but this is more so like the feeling you get when say you're on a road trip and it's late at night and you stop at a rest stop you go in you pee whatever you come out to the car but you beat your partner to the car so you have to wait a minute outside the car and there are other cars around but no other people really and it's well lit but there's this feeling of like i'm the last person on earth yeah no one else exists yep and that's I the strange feeling you that you're talking about. And yeah. um, again, I even noted this. One of the strongest liminal spaces feelings comes from a darkened school hallway. And anyone who ever had to be at school after hours for basketball games, Christmas programs, whatever. And you look down the hallway that you were in every single day. But now the lights are off and no one is down there. It just, yep. there's something about it that is strange. That's why it gave me chills when you mentioned it the first time because, and I think it's because I have like so many memories of this being the musical theater nerd that I was in (laughs) high school. We would have really late night rehearsals and when everyone would leave, there were a couple times I'd have to go back to my locker because I'm an idiot and I would have like forgotten my code and like this and that. So I'd go back to my locker, which was outside of like the choir room. I purposely like requested that locker because again, nerd and I was in choir musical theater, but the choir. Choir 
like area like because it only had like the band room and the choir room was like kind of off by itself on like the separate wing so it was just this like dark empty like weird hallway already like it it kind of had an eerie feel even to start with even during the day it was a little off-putting but to be there at night when there's normally at least a little hustle and bustle and like familiar faces when it was just me getting my coat, the way that I would do my combination on my walker faster <laughs> than I've ever done it. Cause I was like, this is awful. I have to get out of here. Like what is going on? It wasn't even that I thought I was going to be like murdered. You know, it wasn't that fear. Right. It was just like, ew. Like it, it was just gross. Yeah, it was like ew. dread. Yeah. It just was ew. And I would go so fast grabbing my coat and getting out of there and then I wouldn't see another soul until I was like out in the parking lot with the other few stragglers but that empty hallway yeah but it's also like one of the strongest emotional pulls from childhood though Mm -hmm. because you know I can think of think about it a lot uh, yeah I I don't have any specific memories in the hallways of my grade school Uh, I can't really think of anything specific until I think of after hours times at the school, especially like basketball games. I remember, um, so our, yes, our, after a sporting yeah, event. our gym was, and I went to a, a Lutheran school, so the classes were very small. I think my graduating class was like 13, 14, 15 kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so very small. tiny. But I remember our gym was at one end of the hall and then very long building all the way at the other end, the church. So when you're like, you're at the gym and you're looking down this hall, I mean, the hallway was so long, you couldn't actually see to the end and churches are creepy. So like every emotional pulling memory that I have from my grade school is dark hallways after hours. So obviously there's something there that is nostalgic in some way for some reason, but What I also found interesting and something that possibly needs to be studied in the future, when I think about all our listener ghost stories sent in, and when I think about the experiences that I've had with the paranormal, a lot of them evoke the same feeling of liminality, and a lot of ghosts seem to like hallways and stairwells and doors. It's true. You think of all the stories submitted where even if it's like I was in my room, but I looked out into the mm-hmm. hallway and like saw this and that it's it's very common. <laughs> so the question becomes, are we experiencing weird things in those spaces because they evoke certain feelings in us? Or are those spaces actually spaces in which reality thins and alternate realities and dimensions can bleed through? And when I thought about that, I thought about um, feng shui. And I think we'll definitely do an episode oh. on feng shui in the future because it's a we fascinating should. topic. Uh, but just to keep the description brief for anyone who doesn't exactly know, feng shui is an ancient Chinese art of arranging things in an environment to achieve harmony and balance. And it has a lot to do with energy flow. It stems from the Taoist belief in qi, which is the life force that inhabits everything. Energy, yin and yang, you get it. So when this energy is balanced in our bodies and in our environment, our energy can flow freely and things just seem to work better. And anyone who has felt more energized in a room after getting rid of clutter or rearranging furniture knows this to be true. Yep. Also, anyone who's taken a big dump after doing an hour of yoga knows this to be true. 
like <laughs> aligning your energy. That is so real. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That's very true. Aligning your energy makes things flow. So that's right. All of this is basically to say that if we look at ghosts as some form of energy, or or that they need which energy, we do a lot. yeah, which we do a lot, or that they need energy like heat or electricity to materialize or make themselves known. Liminal spaces are kind of flowing energy spaces. And it would make sense that those would be the areas ghosts would be able to be seen. Because you think about a hallway, there's not a lot of stagnant energy. It's flowing energy. It's, I walk down the hallway. It's supposed to be flowing. I walk back down the hallway. I walk this way. Like, there's no stagnant standing energy in a hallway. Yeah, it's moving. Yeah, so if you're thinking of something that needs energy to manifest itself, a hallway is a really great place to manifest to use that energy that's so true so maybe that's why liminal spaces are so creepy i'm also looking into my hallway because i can see it from my Oops. dining room table and that's where like our i know first of all you're so rude because i'm just staring at it and it's dark um even though it's daylight out the hallway is always dark because there's no windows but also our like breaker box our circuit breaker is in there and so if they're using like any kind of electrical energy <laughs> they would Maybe take it from that. Yeah. And I'm saying they as in, you know, any little ghosty that decides to enter here. And I did have, as we spoke about Amy Goldberg, the medium who we love earlier, she said that there was a grandmother spirit who lived in this apartment. And I think she's been using the circuit breaker because we've seen things in our hallway. And also Wilder's room is at the end of the hallway and she's appeared there. And it all just well, is and also up used and- to have weird... Uh, things with your fan and lights too, right? God damn it. Yes, Ashley. Okay, sorry. I can't listen. <laughs> sorry, right. just reminding you. It's all, no, I know. You're like, you're you're so correct. You're just correct. That's a good theory. The hallways, yeah. man. Which I know I mentioned this on another episode, but you know, that's a reason why a lot of well, at least in the beginning. In the beginning before we had all the tv shows paranormal investigators would investigate places at night and Mm -hmm. it was because you could turn off all of the electronics you could turn everything off so that and and also to have that layer of darkness so that other senses are heightened because it's more likely that you're going to hear or sense something than see it Exactly. But, you know, we've even done this. We've got a video. I should go back and see if I can get more clips from that video of that um, uh, ghost box session we did with Tyler at the Queen Mary. My gosh, yes. Because we were using a flashlight as our energy source and something actually was using it. It was reacting a lot. And I don't know what was using it or how they were using it. Um, But it happened to us at the Queen Mary. It also happened to us at my old apartment where something was drawing energy from a flashlight and also from our camera. So. Thousand percent. Oh, that is so true. Gosh, the Queen Mary was so good. That was such a good night. That was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, it was so much fun. Like me, Ashley and Tyler just had the time of our lives. But also it felt like we were getting some decent results because, again, 
like when we were out in the hallways, you know, there were people passing us here mm-hmm. and there and you could say we were picking up those things. But when we were just like quietly in our room, mm-hmm. also oh, having wow. some reactions on the ghost box and the flashlight, I like, got it was touched it was for the first time on an investigation you did. and I did not I like forgot. it. Really the no. first time I have been touched before, but I... But that was different. It was completely different because one, it was my grandfather, I believe, and it, I was not afraid. Um, but this, yeah, I think that's important to note. You weren't scared. That's why it feels like it was someone. Familiar. This felt like something was toying with me because it happened twice, and it happened like kind of in the same way where it felt like something was like brushing my hair behind my ear, and I did yep. not appreciate it and then i had to sleep with a possessed man anyways we don't have to get into it it was a whole thing tyler had a demon i didn't sleep (laughs) a wink the whole night because i was alone in a room which i think was with a child ghost yeah it's another you guys should go back and listen to our uh, queen mary investigation it's a good time (laughs) honestly yes okay liminal spaces though man i know i actually am now of course i've looked at like 30 different pictures of liminal spaces uh just today and yeah i really do love it yeah me too i love it and hate it because i do get like depending on the photo not all photos give me the same reaction but a lot of them i mean the school hallway type pictures especially give me some kind of feeling well i think the reason they don't all give you a reaction is because there is some weird link to nostalgia with the liminal space phenomenon so yeah if it's something where it's like well i've never been to a mall at night Right. You know what I mean? You like need you need that wouldn't feeling have, of familiarity. Yeah, but you might have say, for example, a good liminal space. <laughs> this is hilarious. A really good liminal space in video games would be Laura Croft's home. Oh my god! So, like, I've never <laughs> been alone in a mansion, but I right. have played Laura Croft Tomb Raider a billion times. <laughs> Uh, and you feel really good in that space. So yeah, so if you showed me a picture of an empty <laughs> mansion that looked like Laura Cross, I might get that liminal space vibe because be thinking about my girl, my pointy-breasted friend Laura Croft. And honestly, I love that for you. I yeah. really I love that. Also, did you know, speaking of liminal spaces, this was where I had told Ashley earlier some of my notes may cross over with this and I found that someone came up with a term. This probably came around the same time liminal spaces came up, this is all very recent, but there people were looking for, hey, is there a phobia for like if you're looking at a liminal space and you're very upset by it and like can't go on? And there's not necessarily a phobia term yet, but there is a term for like that uneasy feeling. So it's called canopsia or canopsia, uh. K-E-N-O-P-S-I-A. It is the eerie forlorn atmosphere of a place that's usually bustling with people but is now abandoned and quiet examples would be a school hallway in the evening an unlit office on a weekend vacant fairgrounds which we talked about on our louisiana episode talking about like the weird six flags or an emotional after image that makes it seem not just empty but hyper empty so yeah, that that is actually a little feeling when you walk into that atmosphere when you're just like, ooh, I feel terrible. That's that's a thing. There is. I have not watched it, so I can't I can't vouch for it. But I saw that there is a uh, documentary on Amazon Prime about the abandoned Six Flags in in New Orleans. Well, I'm gonna have to watch it because <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of uh, bro- like uh, embroiled in like drama. 
Is it? Because, yeah, because of, um, I don't know, funding. I, I really don't know. I just know that they made a documentary about, like, where it's at now and, and what's kind of going on with it. And well, yeah, we so only we touched on it so briefly. People have been fighting over that property for years. Yeah. And now, like, athletes with with a bunch of money want to drop mm-hmm. things on it. But other people but I are like, no, there's so some much history. people who maybe owned it at the time, there's something with, like, insurance money. I don't know. There's a lot of oh, stuff damn. going on. Yeah. Because I watched okay. the trailer and I was like, oh. And then I just never got to it. Well, we might all need to check that out, everybody. Okay. So yes, abandoned spaces, liminal spaces, they're, they give us all the feelings. And it kind of goes into what I'm talking about today, because some of these places that I'm going to describe, like, have that feeling about them, but some of them are also just random and weird. <laughs> haunted places you don't expect to be haunted. So I want to jump in first with the Kmart conspiracy. Do you Kmart. know anything about I know. I I didn't know anything about this. No idea. I did see a Kmart pop up when I was initially. That's something I wanted to talk yep. about too. I initially did go into this looking for haunted places that shouldn't I know be haunted. You did, but you were and the best at going off and finding new <laughs> Ended up where I did. Um, but I did. I do remember seeing something about a Kmart. But is there mo- more Kmart's? There is because I know the Coral? one that you saw. It's the most famous one. It's in New York City. That is the most famous one. I'm going to touch on that. But what came from the most haunted Kmart, which is just funny to say, is that other people from the internet, as they do, came forward and were like, um, oh, shit, my Kmart was haunted as well. So what? While researching this episode, I found out Kmart is such a thing. It is like the curse of the old Kmart stores. Because Kmart stores, sadly, are all closed now. They were, they started to close around like 2011, I think, was when the first one closed. And then they just over the years slowly have. And then like one of the final ones, and I think even the haunted New York City one just closed in like 2020 or 2021, super recent. Some of them were absorbed by Sears, and that's how they were able to thrive for a little bit of time. But now Sears are also closing (laughs) all over the country. So just not any luck. Department stores in general, sadly, are coming to an end. And also malls. You should see the mall in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Oh, God. Is it thriving? No, it is. It's awful. It advertises that there is a JCPenney You told me this. And then there was nothing. There's nothing there. (laughs) Joe and I, we wanted to go and get something for my mom for Christmas. And we literally... It was wild. We went there because it said they had a JCPenney. It said they had, yeah. I don't even fucking remember, like a, a Maurice's. I don't know. There were like four different places that Maurice's. they said yes, that we this fucking this. mall had. And we get there. I'm not kidding. There was nothing. There were like weird kiosks in the center with people selling like fucking, um, what are those little twisty things you see sold at fairs that you're supposed to? They're like wind chimes, but they make no noise. They just like make shapes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do know what you're talking about, but I have no clue so what those like are called. So there's like a kiosk yes, selling they that. They spin around. Okay. And it's just like well, all the stores are closed. And it's like, you sons of bitches, because on the website it says there's a JCPenney. Don't say you're open. And on the sign outside it says there's a JCPenney. You have to park your ass and walk into the mall to find out there's nothing left of them all. <laughs> oh, that is rude. That's my rant. Because, no, and it's a well deserved rant because malls all over 
the country are closing and that's just the reality malls can't really stay open anymore it's not a thing everyone's doing online shopping or else like going to little boutiques and vintage stores and it's all about repurposing now which is wonderful but people should advertise on their website that their mall is closed and I feel like we've mentioned these before on the podcast. I can't remember if it was a bonus episode or a real one, but I think we've talked about dead malls before and how, but maybe not. Maybe I've just read about them. But dead malls are basically a mall that has closed down, but like still stands and nobody has taken it over. And you can like, it's still open to the public where you can go in and kind of explore and investigate, but it's creepy as fuck. It actually goes perfectly with everything Ashley was talking about where it's like it used to be a busy place filled with people and now it's empty and you're walking down these long hallways and you're just it's like echoey because hate not this anything yeah. to soak up the sound anymore yeah yes Creepy. and everything's like falling apart and the escalators like just all of it it looks like it's out of a zombie apocalypse movie it's crazy but so that's what's happening to malls and department stores and that's what happened to Kmart bringing it back And I remember when Kmart's first started to shut down in Peoria. So this must have been like right around when I moved out to L.A. or when I was just like, I'm sure I was already out here, but was just going home more often because I remember the Kmart shutting down in Peoria. It was like one of the big ones. I think we had two and this was the bigger one. And being like, wow, that's a huge deal. It shut down and it sat vacant for so long and it did look creepy. It was like it wasn't taken over for a long time and there was like graffiti on the door and paint peeling off and if you were able to peek in the window it just looked like decrepit and scary so i do remember that but at first i was like why are we attacking kmart they're not haunted and weird it's fine but then i was like well I, i guess ours did look weird like i i hope somebody from peoria besides my sister i think we have a few other peoria listeners are also listening to this right in if you remember when the kmart in sheridan village <laughs> closed because it looked creepy as hell to me and i hope somebody else can confirm that but it sat empty for a long time blah 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 you saw the dark abyss had a strange vibe so one of the more famous kmarts that closed in new york that we were talking about. It was at Astor Place. Like, all of these articles have been written about it. It's, like, everybody knows it. People claimed it was just spooky from the get-go, not even because it had closed. It had an underground entrance that was for people getting off of the subway, so it made sense to have this subterranean entrance. They could walk straight in after they got off the train, but that alone just made it look weird because you're underground and you don't have the natural lights. You're having those weird yellow lights, like Mm. those dark yellow, non-sunshiny lights on. And it just, it looks something like straight out of a scary movie or like maybe an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode is more the level of fear that we're at. It just looked weird. Mm -hmm. And people who shopped at the store said they just constantly felt a bad energy. And the people who worked there experienced also that bad energy, but things being moved around, the feeling of being watched, the feeling like it was just an unsettled kind of feeling. And on top of it, the store was just never set up properly. People have said like different sections were constantly being rotated. So it would be like towels and home goods one day. And then it would be like kids dresses and baby clothes the next. And you were like, nothing ever makes sense here. It like the aisles were too small. Everything just always felt wrong. So it was like known as the weird Kmart for years and years. And then when it closed, It just looked even worse because they would still turn on those weird yellow lights and then the mannequins, like, 
who were just like naked with no clothes are lined up in the darkness where you can see them if you're looking in the windows and you're like, who? It just looked awful. So this building on Broadway where the store was on the first floor, like it's an office building. Other things were there. And even people that work in those offices were saying like, oh, yeah, I try not to even walk by it. I go in the other entrance. I don't want to be close to the store. It is always given me the chills it was just an upsetting kmart and you can google this place i hope some of you are googling it while you listen actually you're free to <laughs> astor place in new york city it just like looked weird so then also in new york if you go a little further north there is a creepy old kmart in buffalo that straight up just got turned into a haunted house because everyone was also so terrified of it there is this thing called fright world which is just like a creepy Halloween theme park. And they decided to host their like annual theme park inside the old Kmart, which I'm sort of like, good for you. Like find somewhere that's scary. (laughs) That's so smart. Capitalize on that. Exactly. Everyone hated it already. So they're like, we're just going to have a haunted house in here. And they're doing very well because it's horrifying. They're using the escalators in like the best ways, setting them up to just be creepy as hell. They ran with it. Then we hop on over to SoCal, come into the opposite coast, and there are apparently two old Kmarts in this area that are also very haunted, specifically in the stock rooms. Two people separately reported very close together on a Reddit thread that there were haunted Kmarts. It was on Twitter and in Reddit, actually. They were stating that the stock rooms had visitors, which I find bizarre. And all a part of this Kmart conspiracy that I'm completely buying into. Can't even lie. There's one just outside of LA that apparently has the ghosts of three scorned lovers. Because there was a love triangle going on with three of the employees working in the stockroom. And it ended up in a double homicide, which happened outside of the store. But it is believed that their angry energy stuck around because they did work in the stockroom. And people who worked in the stockroom after those scorned lovers moved out have been totally creeped out the feeling of being watched the things being moved around those late night inventory shifts which if you've worked in retail you know all about those nights like weird shit would happen so that one is really bad and then in bellflower california that is the other kmart that apparently has the sweetest ghost ever so we have a good story to add to the kmart theories It is believed to be a female. People claimed we just felt it was a female presence, but who actually knows? And it is believed that she would hang around, clean up the stock room, which just makes me smile and giggle. We just talked about that in the last episode. That's all I want my ghosts to do is help out around the house. We want them to help out. Yes, we talked about how, yeah, like the bookstore owner was joking, like, could you just like contribute? And this lady, as they believe, apparently did that things would be neatly put back on shelves between the night shift and the morning shift. Clothes would be folded. The floor would be swept. Like, if I could just get a ghost that pitches in, like, give me every ghost. I wouldn't be scared. I right now feel like I'm I'm too stressed out and overwhelmed to have a ghost in my life, but if they cleaned my house, I'd be all right with it. <laughs> um, so I thought that was really funny. But Kmart, it's that is the end of my Kmart thing. I can move on, but like what? What do you think is going on when? there? Do you think that it's because it's a liminal space that people are creeped out by them and then therefore they've got, you know, uh 
I don't know. They're, they've already got the creepy feeling. They're already on edge. So they're more susceptible to experience something. Or did the inventor of Kmart curse the company? <laughs> I'm going to go with option two because okay. it's more fun. No. I The only reason I don't think it's only liminal space is because people are reporting things happening, especially in that one that like in the heart of New York City, like things felt off just during the day, like during the hustle and bustle. Because yes, in the stockroom situations, if you are working that late shift, there's usually like one or two of you, maybe three mm-hmm. in the case of the love triangle, mm-hmm. um, hanging out in those stock rooms. And it's, so it does feel a little empty and creepy and the store is empty. So if you're to walk out of the stock room into the store, that would also probably look unsettling. And I know that the abandoned ones, as I claimed, like they do look horrifying and they were not, you know, kept up with, but like to hear about the one in New York that was just like even at its busiest time felt off and now is just creepier than ever I don't know what to say about that like that makes me think yeah whoever created Kmart put a spell on the company I don't know (laughs) I don't like it though it creeps me out well that's interesting and I know. When I first read it, I was like, shut up. Kmart was fine. And then I thought about the one in Sheridan Village that shut down Peoria. And I was like, I never enjoyed how that place looked after it shut down. But anyway, abandoned places in general and liminal spaces that we've talked about just give you the creepy crawly feeling. And you can chalk it up to that. Like these large department stores just look weird when they're not filled with workers and shoppers. But I want to move on to one of the ones that made me smile the most, even though it's kind of creepy, just because it's unexpected. I'm going to start with the story behind it of this very fun and unexpected haunting. In the 1880s, in Sunnyvale, California, which is up north closer to San Jose, not too close like to us down here. Sounds like where Buffy would be from. Exactly. Sunnyvale. That can't be real. Um, The tale goes that a traveling preacher fell for a rich merchant's daughter who dumped him, left him out of the blue, broke his heart. And shortly after, the sad, lovesick man who worked on the merchant's orchard decided he had to kill himself. He couldn't go on anymore. So he gashed himself with an axe and he bled to death completely alone on the orchard. A century later... The orchard is closed, and the dead preacher's spirit is still haunting the area. But now, a corporate toy store was built over the orchard, scaring the employees and shoppers half to death. And so goes the story of the haunted Toys R Us in Sunnyvale, (laughs) California. Oh, no. I know. I was like, stop it. This can't be real. This store became super famous. I couldn't believe I hadn't heard of this, honestly, because there were a ton of stories. Um, some of the most famous hauntings here in California happened at this Toys R Us, what? which R.I.P.'s Toys R Us. What they was don't, the, they don't uh, exist anymore. What was the mascot's name? It was a giraffe. It was a giraffe. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. It was Jeffrey the whole time. Sweet. It was honestly, it was Jeffrey, you guys. It was a giraffe that was haunting this place. Everybody. Um, so employees at this specific store complained of a lot of creepy feelings, toys flying off of shelves, and even some possessed plumbing. Yes, the women's bathroom was one of the spookiest spots in the whole dang place. <laughs> 
And a couple of newspapers reported that the weird happenings began basically immediately after the opening in the 1970s. Like this, these ghosties wasted no time. It was like the store opened. It was brand new. Here we go. Never a dull moment. Spirits appeared. Weird things started happening at Toys R Us. And it drew the interest of paranormal investigators, of course. And in the 80s, a really famous psychic um, at the time, Sylvia Brown, held seances there. She came in and was like, wow. I, I got to get in here. I know that name. Jeffrey Draft. I know. She has little videos, like it's super grainy 80s quality. Sure. So it's super fun to watch. And she's like, she's got the biggest shoulder pads. Like it's worth a watch. Does she Go have a video out, but- videos at the Toys R Us? She does. I actually haven't watched them because they were really long. And right. I was like, I want to save this for after I talk about it. Like, I just want to go over the history and then like snuggle in and do a watch after we finish. But she I believe she's there and not just being interviewed about it. But either way, she had a lot to say about it. Um, but yes, shoulder pads for days. Sylvia Brown, she came in. She checked it out and was like, this is a gold mine. There is so much happening here. And she, uh, I guess something crazy happened on a show called That's Incredible from the 80s that you can all look up. (laughs) And so Sylvia Brown and a camera crew visited the store and they wanted to seek out what was happening and bothering all these innocent folks just trying to get their Barbies and their stuffed animals and all of that. And she was quoted as saying, I really feel him now. I think he's in the back. He's coming along very quickly. Oh, I feel him. It's Johnny or Yanni. Oh, he's coming this way. And she just kept going on. Like, I feel a Johnny. I feel a Yanni. I feel a male. He's coming this way. And then she said, oh, it is a man very unaware of his own death. And he's searching for his long lost love. Oh, geez. Which, of course, confirms the story we all desperately want to believe about the orchard and the dead preacher and the axe. Let's go. So everyone was very excited about that. And some of these details, as go with, you know, legends and hauntings and all of that, it's it's hard to confirm with the axe and everything. Yeah. There was definitely an orchard there before the Toys R Us was built. There was some drama over the sale, but was the drama the orchard merchant's daughter in love with the unstable preacher? We don't know. Right. It's fun to believe, as we always say, but, like, we're not sure. So it could all just be for fun, but either way... Scary things have definitely happened over the years. Employees had to have a buddy system for using that women's restroom that I talked about because... Can you imagine? Toilets. Yes. You know you're going to have to take a dump. You got to get on your walkie-talkie. Sarah, you got to come with me. Sarah, can you at least stay on the talkie with me while I drop this deuce? I, yeah, I got to drop some kids off in the pool. I'm going to need you to tell me a funny story over the walkie if you could... (laughs) I've never heard that one before. That's hilarious. No, really? Never. Like my dad always used that. Oh my God. Maybe not. Where did I learn that? Who knows? (laughs) Either way. (laughs) Um, The toilets would flush on their own. Sinks turning on and off. Lights turning on and off. Strange sounds coming from the stalls that were not occupied. Something was going on. Whatever the story may be. It could have been a ghost with a little indigestion. Yeah, we don't know. They were just trying to get some peace and quiet in the potty well i wonder do do restrooms count as liminal spaces i was wondering that as well we have a lot of them bathroom stories bathroom yes bathroom ghost stories are very common and when i was looking at some liminal spaces on reddit 
a couple of days ago, people did show like the walk to get to stalls in like one of those like long, wide bathrooms where like there's a lot of stalls and they showed it as a liminal space and I was sort of like yeah I mean does a bathroom count but that makes sense spend a little bit more time in a bathroom than say a hallway but it is very much so like (sighs) it's a walkway to get to the stall so I was I was with you where I was sort of like "Mm, does does this this count but I mean, they looked creepy as hell in the photos people were posting where it was, like, after hours in a long bathroom. And I also think of, like, Scream when Ghostface was hanging out in the stall. Hate it. Hate it. But, yeah, it was sort of like, does this count? However, lots of bathroom ghosts. So it could have been a ghost that was just, you know, having some stomach issues because there was a lot of bathroom activity. But also things were happening up and down the aisles and people were feeling messed with. So... Definitely something happening at the store, no matter what the history was. Um, The store would go on to close. Toys R Us went into bankruptcy back in 2018, sadly. Um, Hilarious, though, as I'm sure this happened with a lot of Toys R Us stores, this specific one in Sunnyvale immediately after closing became a spirit Halloween (laughs) while the space waited to be bought out. We love to see it, especially when there were, you know, tales of ghosts already. Why not make it a Halloween store? But the latest news is that an REI is about to buy the space, which is like camping, outdoor, you know, those kind of people. I am the opposite of those, so I can't fully understand. But we're going to have to keep our eyes peeled and see if this Sunnyvale REI has their mountain bikes and their tents flying off the walls when they open or if this ghost only wanted to mess with the toy buying type i don't know yeah maybe they moved on maybe they moved on they could have moved on um i just wanted to give i know we're running out of time i wanted to just give like some honorable mention shout outs that we didn't need to go into a whole story for because it was like small details but just are fun because you're like why the walmart in galveston texas which is also a city that is just home to a lot of hauntings there's a lot of history in galveston um, but a big old Walmart was built over St. Mary's Orphanage, which is oh, just come on. asking Walmart? for trouble. <laughs> a hurricane took out St. Mary's Orphanage, killing all of the children oh, and nuns inside, which I'm sorry God. to laugh. That is a horrific story. It was in the early 1900s. Why and did you laugh, over- you monster? I didn't. Just, I think I was laughing at like, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Okay. It's the most horrible thing ever to lead to this. Yeah, just it wasn't it, but... just an orphanage, which is already kind of a sad place. Uh, yes, everyone there died. From it was a taken out. Good yes. lord! And children and nuns were taken out, and then nothing took over it for years. But then eventually, as happens, a Walmart took over, and you know, just thought this is going to be the best spot for us. And people mainly complain of children giggling, children crying, a lot of almost prank-like activity taking place, which all makes sense for kid ghosts, if that's what's taking place, like things being thrown off the shelves after somebody like just stacked the shelf or, you know, feeling your pants tugged on like a kid is behind you asking for something, those kind of things. Um, Nobody has felt like terror or horror because i think everyone can tell it's like it's a childlike presence that is there but absolutely and yeah somewhat somewhat good but there's definitely some activity but annoying for the workers but yes it exists it's happening 
Um, and then the last one, shout out to Wilmington, Massachusetts. Uh, there is a grocery store called The Market Basket. Oh, I saw that just pop like, up a lot when I was did looking. You? Yeah. I know. It's insane. It's like one of the scarier hauntings that people reported. But I was laughing because the name is Market Basket, which couldn't be cuter. <laughs> just sounds like the most fun name of a grocery store. Like That is where I'd want to shop if I lived nearby. Precious little store. Couldn't hurt a fly. But instead... For absolutely no reason. It's one of these where it's like, I see no history on the land. There should be no reason for this. There is a woman in a nightgown who walks up and down the aisles and scares the hell out of employees and shoppers. She has also been seen in the store's parking lot and a block away outside of somebody's house hanging out in their driveway, which is very strange. So she has like a block radius of the store. Who is this lady? We may never know. She could have been murdered and buried in the empty lot before they built the the supermarket. You know what I mean? And just nobody knows about it. Yeah. Like we we don't know know her story. Bodies are buried without us knowing about it. Infinite. (sighs) I know. I can't think about it, but yes, unfortunately, that is so true. So she she has a story. We sadly don't know about it, but lots of people have seen this woman, both shoppers and workers alike. It has scared people to the point of, you know, sprinting out of the store. It has made workers question their entire life of if they should be working there or living nearby anymore. But uh, yeah, scary nightgown lady loves clipping them coupons at the local market basket. And those are my stories for today thank you so much thank you so much um yeah i was trying to think of um just randomly trying to think of some things i know there's a haunted skyscraper in japan Mm -hmm. but sorry i was joking (laughs) yes you're forgiven (laughs) but it's haunt. it was built on top of the location of like a a penitentiary it was a jail Ah, Um, yep there you go and that's one of those things where it's like if if you know that beforehand, like if you're like, oh, they tore down the old penitentiary and they built a skyscraper, but that's going to be creepy in there. And then it just continues on like uh, prison used to be here. This place is probably haunted. It's another one of those things where I talked about in the last episode, like is the suggestibility exactly creating all of these events or is something actually going on there? How do we suss out what's what? Mm hmm. And that's why, yeah, I tried to avoid those ones with suggestibility as much as I could. Yeah. It was like the, you know, the Toys R Us, like, maybe had a story, but a lot right. of that couldn't be confirmed, so it still feels weird. And then same with, like, Market Basket and the Kmarts. You're like, why do these places yeah. feel weird? The Walmart in Galveston makes a shit ton of sense. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah, I feel like suggestibility is kind of taken out when you deal with locations like this. Because you're not showing up to, say, you know, a haunted tour of Salem, Massachusetts. You're showing up to buy a toilet brush and a plunger because there was an accident. And (laughs) something occurred. (laughs) Something occurred. We don't need to talk about it. So (laughs) you're not there to experience the paranormal. So when you do, it kind of takes the suggestibility out entirely and then it's up to like okay is there something going on in this building is there infrasound is there a haunting is like what is happening what is going on man i know it's fascinating these these random ass places that you're like why who why here (laughs) why (laughs) this location i know 
Well, and I wonder if locations like that too are haunted more often than we think. It's just that you'd never notice unless you worked there because there's never a time where it's empty or where the music is off or where the lights aren't on. You know what I mean? Um, Like I would have never thought anything weird or creepy about the Barnes & Noble I worked in. But I have a very, I it's a fuzzy memory, and I wish I could remember the details. But I remember um, that one day I saw a man in the stock room, and had like a back and forth conversation of just like very simple like questions because I thought it was Casey who was the um, like receiver. Oh boy! In the stock room, and he wasn't in there, and oh I was alone. Gosh. And Ashley, um, so. Just stuff like that where it's like, like, what happened to Barnes and Noble? <laughs> why Barnes Who and Noble? Who was that guy? Who was it? And why? why? Was anything here before? Does he just like the stockroom of Barnes and Noble? <laughs> we don't know. Is it me that's haunted? Yeah, there's well, so many yes, different. Ashley, yes. Well, yeah, probably. There's so many <laughs> different theories um, of what could be happening. I know. And we just need to get rid of those ethical requirements. And gosh dang it. And we could have a good study on our hands. You <laughs> really find some shit out. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you for joining us once again. I believe today is April 1st. So happy April Fool's. April Fool's Day. Happy April, April Fool's. Fools. Do, you wish an ha- do you wish a happy April Fool's? I don't know. Or because do you it's just like shout kind of April Fool's? Of- trickery and like sometimes sadness <laughs> if you're the one being tricked yeah if you're the one being tricked all the time april all right well fools. happy april fools happy april um enjoy those april showers because you know they bring may flowers oh please consider donating to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast that's how we make all of our funds to produce this show um you can donate one dollar five dollar ten dollars or a donation number of your choice (laughs) once or you can set it up to be recurring monthly and in exchange you get bonus episodes a weekly news or some weekly no absolutely not you get a do we have the time you get a monthly (laughs) newsletter full of uh true crime horror movie and spooky tales you get discounts on merch you get shout outs on the show it's a pretty sweet deal if i do say so myself Definitely. You can also get some merch at www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch. Um, it's actually sends you to our Tee Public store, and we have a ton of cool designs, and you can get T-shirts, uh, stickers, hoodies, jackets, masks. I think there's even some masks on there if you want to keep it weird mask, like face mask, for, like COVID mask. Yeah, so, That's so check cool. that out um, if you want to rep our show wherever you may go. And also, of course, follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, sometimes Twitter, never TikTok. Uh, we try our best, but <laughs> follow us oh, there um, and look forward to Witchy Wednesdays, Medium Mondays, and Tarot Tuesdays because it's going to be a good time. We love it. We are recording this the exact same day that we recorded the last episode, so we don't know if our manifestation came true, but do we want to try and manifest something else? I know. What else we do should, we want to manifest? You know what? We've focused on ourselves enough. Right. We should focus on the world. Why don't we manifest gas prices to go down? 
<sighs> gas prices. Everybody, Please come go on. Down. Just think about it. Like the economy. Put it out there. Put gas out prices. The people being able to find work in general. Like, yes, we tried to manifest for ourselves, but yes. people like finding work, gas prices going down, people feeling like that they can get buy and pay more big oil companies need to find a conscience Ugh, and please sell gas for be able to drive uh, less cars. money all right gas prices everybody focus on those gas, gas prices. prices just tick 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 gas tick tick prices. tick tick going all the way down we need to be able to live Maybe not all the way down. That's like the collapse of society. This is the yeah, thing. Is. This is the thing about manifesting. Well, to a reasonable price. That makes me worried. What if I, what if it's one of those things where you're like, oh, careful what you wish for. Monkey's paw. This is what I'm yep. worried about. I'm worried you about a monkey's paw situation. Yep. All right. We're so gonna be, go be very to careful, guys. We're going to the opposite end of the spectrum. Gas careful. prices are going to go down to a reasonable price. They're not going to disappear spot where entirely. we can live. That's more yeah. what I was saying. Like, let us live let reasonably. Let us live. <laughs> Let us live. Uh, and drive our cars. Thank and you. drive our cars and also keep, keep it, it weird. weird. <laughs> it's kind of like a dream come true. Like, yes. I would I mean, love we it. We would have loved that. Yeah. yeah. But also. If we were like doing yeah. an investigation, we would have like cried of joy. But yes. Creepy as fuck.